Hello and welcome to episode 1138 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is February 8th. That is a Wednesday. I said that out of order, but I'm sticking with it. Today is a guest episode. I did an interview with rotosurgeon Kev Masaregin on Twitter. He has a podcast called The Operating Room on Rotoballer. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and other podcast catchers. It was a really good interview. We did record it last week. I don't really think anything's changed with these players that we need any sort of caveats. Obviously, things have been pretty quiet here in late January into early Feb. So let's get right into the interview. Myself and Rotosurgeon. I'm joined now by Kev, aka Rotosurgeon. How do you say your last name, Kev? Uh, Masurgeon, but like I just say my surgeon for uh, just anglicizing purposes. That's where the name came from. The yes, rotosurgeon. rotosurgeon is rotosurgeon. via my last name. Okay, I love it. I love it. Honestly, what I thought, and I maybe should have put two and two together. I thought, I thought you did like injury stuff in the past. I, no. I, I don't associate you with like an injury guy right now. I know you you do football and baseball stuff all all across the board. But I was like, maybe he started as like an injury guy. That's way better that it is based off of your last name, my surgeon, which is not the proper way to pronounce it. Pronounce it. Technically, no, but, but I allow it just for the sake of the speeding hook. up the process. Like my last, I mean, of course, it, my name is my name. I like my name. It's nothing against it, but I, I understand, you know. Just to make it when, easier for people. I respect that. It's and no spore. It's no spore. I would also respect if you were said, you said, no, this is my name. People will get it right. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that too, but you've taken the easier way out in terms of like, I don't want to hassle with it. I want to just talk to people. So I don't want to have to spend half of our time on my last name. Like we're doing right now. I'm doing yeah, exactly I mean, what you're hoping to avoid. I'm more than happy to discuss the roots of my last name, which <laughs> means oiler of the olive, but that's oh, wow. neither here nor there. That, that's that is, <laughs> that's, uh, that's beyond this podcast. That's for uh, Armenian heritage podcast. But yes, my surgeon Masarejan is the more, uh, proper pronunciation and that is where surgeon comes from i have no medical background so if i do start talking about injuries it's based on what i'm reading from people actually smarter than me that's usually basically where I'm at regurgitating too. there you go there you go you do have a podcast uh we're doing a home at home this yes. is the second part of it the operating room uh mm -hmm. from rotoballer you can find that on uh, apple and any other podcast catcher i'll also have a link to it and uh, your professional gaslighter at Fox Sports. Now, how did you get a professional <laughs> gaslighting job? That's what your Twitter handle said. I mean, I kind of just brought that along from life experience. Professional gaslighter isn't an official title, but it just, you know, it follows suit with sports media and whatnot. No, but really, I, I work as a media technician at Fox Sports. I don't really do content over there, which it would be wonderful, but I'm very happy writing for Rotoballer, and I've dabbled at the game day and whatnot. But uh, my fantasy stuff is Rotoballer, my more like actual work is Fox sports. So you know, just for the sake of finding my writing, my podcast, it's with Rotoballer there you go. and the operating room, Apple podcast, Spotify, all that good stuff. And follow him on Twitter because he, yes. is, he is great. And one of the best people at being able to go back and forth with you and I battle all the time on things. I'll say you're crazy on this, you know, and it's, it helps that we're friends already. So it's never yeah. like getting in the fiefs. But a lot of people do get in their fifis right away if you start coming at them for their takes. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what we're on here for. If you if they go personal right away and they say, you're the stupidest idiot ever, I get it. But, you know, if we stay on topic and we're going back and forth, I've had people like message me, DM me, yo, you, you don't like that Kev guy? I'm like, no, that's like literally one of my buds. Yeah. Like, we haven't met in person yet, but like that's my homie. We are going to go back and forth. I go harder with the people that I know than I would with somebody that I have no you know, no, no sort of relationship with. So I love chopping it up with you. And I've always felt Absolutely. that 
you're really good at, at rolling with it and saying, hey, this is where I how I feel about something and I'm, I'm going back and forth with this. So I do appreciate that. Maybe we'll get into some some scraps here because we're going to talk about some of the biggest risers from 2022. Conveniently, now it depends on when this came out or when this is coming out. It'll be later the week of uh, January 30th that it'll come out. But you just did an episode with Eric Cross talking yes. about notable prospects. Uh, for 2023 leagues and we're gonna we're gonna have some crossover here so you're already <laughs> i like that crossover that's Thank a good you. play on words you got it um so we're gonna start with some guys here we got two guys that were undrafted last year even in draft champions which is crazy because those picks i mean they go they go deep now they're being drafted relatively high both guys in the top 200 let's start with a guy you definitely talked about with eric vaughn grissom Yes. He's a 172 ADP in draft champions during January. Justin and I have already made clear that we're a bit nervous on him. How do you feel about, about Von Grissom in Atlanta? I mean, you say you're nervous. You said that was the biggest bust within the top 200 on my podcast. I so, did. Uh, I did. I if you want to go check out the operating room episode with Paul Spore, not to plug again, but he mentions Von Grisham as the biggest bust within the top 200. And That's I nice. respect it. That's a ballsy call. I, I mean, young guy, 22. Yeah, I mean, he had a little more than a cup of coffee. He was up there for a little over a month with Atlanta 41 last year. games. 41 games. Yeah. Uh, 21 years old, he slashed 291, 353, 440, 121 weighted runs created. Plus, like, everything looks good. You mm -hmm. know, his X stats a little, uh, you know, he, he overperformed his X stats a little, but it's not like he has any glaring hole. Like, if you look at throughout his minors, walk to strikeout ratio, very good throughout. He even had a higher walk to strikeout uh, in 2021 in high A. He's performed well at a good age at every level. Came up to the MLB, played well, five home runs, five steals as well for fantasy purposes in 156 plate appearances. Prorate that out. That's a 2020 season. Not to say that's, you know, going to happen for for sure, but for the sake of drafting him at, what, 181 or wherever he's going right sure. now, that's like roto-wise, that's – I don't really see a hole in his game. He's going to be in you that lineup every day. They don't have Dansby Swanson. No, see, that's just – that's where we – we part ways. Where's the hole? Like he makes contact. He has some pop. He has some speed. It's the defense. And I think okay. it's going to eat that playing time. That is my main concern. I think they might, I think they're a fit for like Elvis Andrus. I think Orlando Arcia could eat up some of the time. I'm not saying Orlando Arcia is a G. He's not. Yeah. But he is a professional shortstop with, with plenty of playing time under his belt that I think a team like Atlanta could trust a bit more. Um, and I do worry that, I don't think Grissom is like a, a an okay defender. I think he's bad. Okay. And he's bad at the most important position. And that's where my biggest issue lies. Because everything you said about the profile, I can get behind that. There, there's nothing there that stands out and says, this is a red flag. He's terrible. 22% K, 7% walk. That's fine. That works. Um, the, the power, you know, there's a bit of power. There's definitely plenty of speed. But will he be playing every day? And I think in the top 200, I want someone that I feel at least pretty comfortable that's going to get me 450 to 500 plate appearances. And I worry he could be closer to 400 or lower with Von Grissom. That's my concern. How does that, how does that hit your ear? I mean, valid. Okay, defense, yes, that is a concern. He is not a good defender. He played two games at shortstop last year, 20 at second base, and Ozzy Alves is back healthy. Mm -hmm. He's on a cheap-ass contract. They're not going to move off of him. They have no incentive to. He's a good player at full strength, obviously. He's a top mm -hmm. 100 pick yearly, uh, fantasy-wise. But uh, Grisham, I, I feel like a good bat is more likely to be in a lineup than a good defender, unless you're like Kevin Kiermeyer. Yeah. Uh, it really comes down to... If he starts hitting in spring training, they're not going to keep his bat out of the lineup. I don't see any reason why they would play Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zuna 
over him. Marcelo Nuzuna, yes, the X stats look really good, and I obviously he's a bad person, but I look at him, I'm like, okay, he could be bouncing back, but sure. why wouldn't they play Grisham over Ozuna? He's more favorable. Like they, he doesn't have the negative baggage that comes with Ozuna. Rosario wasn't good last year. He had the surgery and whatnot. But I don't see any reason why they would hold Grisham out if the if the lineup stays as is. I kind of like that you bring that up with Grisham as a potential outfielder. Maybe I mean, I guess you're hinting at DH, but even DH as a potential even, like outfielder, somewhere. I thought, you know, I kind of thought they were going to keep Dansby because even though he was due for a pretty big contract, which I thought the contract actually ended up being really fair for the Cubs. Mm -hmm. But even if they wanted to pay that, you mentioned the Albies contract. Of course, there's the Acuna one. Um, there's the Sean Murphy one. Now there's the Spencer Strider. Like they have so many contracts and they're all really nice. So I felt like they could have overpaid, quote unquote, a bit for Dansby. So when I thought he was going to stay there, Dansby Swanson, I was like, Grissom to the outfield could make some sense. Well, now it looks like he's supposed to be the shortstop, and they haven't talked anything about outfield. But in my opinion, if you can play middle infield in the majors, even if you're a bad to mediocre defender like he is, you can play the outfield, yeah. even if you're learning it on the fly. I mean, we're going to see that with Jazz Chisholm. He's a, he's a better defender than that, but he's going to go to center field. I think Grissom could hold a corner. That would be an interesting avenue. If they take him off short because it's just not working defensively, but Rosario's eyes are still not – where they need to be. He had a surgery. We'll see if they're working better. Or Ozuna, like you said, just doesn't come back. Maybe that's the avenue, and maybe that's worth being a little bit more friendly to Grissom. But right now, I think he's being overdrafted, and I am nervous. Let's stay in the same division. Let's talk uh, more NL East. Joey Manessis, right? We can't get yes. through an episode talking about big risers without talking about him. Um, had a huge, huge sample or a huge performance sample. The sample was not huge, 240 plate appearances, but the production was incredible. Do we buy it? It's a 30-year-old breakout from a guy who was knocking around, you know, quad A standard type, type deal there. Is this legit or was this just, you know, this year's Frank Schwindel, which I know is kind of a lazy comp, but it's the easiest one to immediately generate the downside in people's mind. What do you think of Joey Manessis in Washington? Yeah, I, I, I definitely lean towards that Frank Schwindel type of year where it's just like a hot end of season. He played like, what, 60-ish games? Yeah. Uh, 56, actually, excuse me. Um, X-Woba minus Woba is like a 63-point differential. Pretty massive. So let's say he regresses, and it's not even the full regression. Let's say he goes uh, 340 Woba. It just... At his cost, he doesn't provide any speed. He's a what, corner bat. It's just yeah. average average bat in a very bad lineup. Good park, terrible lineup. That just doesn't cut it for me. Manessis is someone I really don't have any interest in. Um, I understand someone wanting to draft him based off last year and the small sample. Again, prorating it. It would look fantastic, but he's just not my type of draft darling and even if he falls i look at pitching or something else in that range rather than low upside bat in a bad offense yeah i mean my big guy this year is will myers i know i got to spike some yeah. health with him but i'd rather just take him uh let's see 40 50 picks later mm -hmm. at this point that's another first base outfield i'd rather take trey mancini pick 274 yes. first base outfield um, there's just other guys that I'm willing to take that gamble on that aren't Joey Manessis. I wish him well. I wouldn't be my, I wouldn't be mad if I'm wrong on this one, but I, I'm not going to have him anywhere. I just can't do it. So those uh, two I were look, undrafted. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. I look at, no, like Seth Brown, 10 picks later. At least he yes. speed, both yep. in bad offenses. Yes. Riley Green, five picks later, upside up the wazoo. Just 
I don't see why I would draft Joey Manessis. Again, like 30, I, I hate to hold age against someone, but... But it, it matters, yeah, right? We, we have these aging curves. We Baseball is such a deep history that these things do matter. There are uh, counters to, to everything, but you go with what the numbers tell you, and they tell you mm-hmm. that a guy that breaks out at 30 for 56 games, only two months of play... Mm-hmm is not the real deal. And I'd be very careful picking him inside the top 200. All right. Now we're going to get to guys that were drafted last year. And uh, now their, their pick uh, has risen through the roof. Now I'm looking at something here. Hang on. I want to know where I got this data here. What did, Oh, I know what happened. Okay. 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 So the numbers I gave you there are a little sketchy because what I did was I ranked them um i I did like i I copied the adp but then i did one to whatever obviously there are not 1086 picks in a draft which is what it says brandon drury's pick was um so once it got to 750 and all the guys who were like tied for 750 adp stupid idiot over here ranked them so that's why those numbers don't don't (laughs) call yourself a stupid idiot so let's just put 750 for everyone that is above 750 so um you know you you will see that they're just way 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 higher but anyway where they came from doesn't really matter they were drafted very very late in very few drafts let's start with brandon jury he's all the way up to pick 200 he's out in la now uh with the angels or anaheim la folks don't get mad at me uh he's out in anaheim Gonna have playing time. That's a decent park. He made his he made his hay in Cincinnati, which is Coors Junior. Do you believe in Brandon Drury to hold some value this year? Maybe not a repeat of last year, but but still a quality bat with the Angels. Brandon Drury, what do you think? Uh, I'm not interested. Uh, I understand, you know, first base, second base, third base, fantastic set of options there. Um, he should play every day. The Angels are as injury riddled as they come. So regardless, uh, I mean, you know, he might start off four out of five days or five out of six days and yeah. could work into the full whatever it doesn't really matter one day but for the most part i i'm again another guy i don't see too much upside with uh pro rating his 2022 to let's say like 650 plate appearances yeah it looks great it's like 30 home runs 100 rbi 100 runs but yeah a lot of that, that is carried by uh great american ballpark which like you said coors jr and it is probably better for coors in terms of home runs because it is more yeah. of an average you're park exactly and, right yeah, uh, Angel Stadium is favorable. It's a top, I believe, 10 park for hitters. The offense should be top 10 with you know, Otani, Trout, uh, Rendon, if healthy, and all their options, Renfro and whatnot. But I don't know. Drury doesn't, just doesn't strike me as a guy that I would be targeting this year. No speed again. Average is solid. It's like average. The average is average. He's going to have like a 260-ish hitter like he's always been. I'm, I'm a pow- sucker for multi-eligibility, so I yeah. do like Drury a bit. I um, mean, he's going in that Manessis range. I would take him. I would take Drury over Manessis for sure. Yes, agreed. Especially because of the uh, the middle infield and both corner spots. Yes. Uh, outfield, you could find kind of everywhere. There's a ton of outfield. Whereas first base, first base weirdly is shallow. So I think that's fine if you need him. But I'm not looking at Brandon Drury. I, I I'm passing on him. You're not attacking with him. I don't think that's out of pocket you know because if we're gonna if we're gonna blast manessis for his breakout at at 30 drury was 29 and yes he had more major league experience it's a bit different but it is a an age 29 breakout based heavily on a park i do like him a bit i think the price is fair but i'm not gonna have drury on every team you know it's gonna be one of those guys that's on my top 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 of the list um let's let's go to coors we talked coors junior let's go to actual coors 
they look like they might actually start a prospect for once in their lives instead of waiting until they're like 26 and already uh, crusty. Ezekiel Tovar, they say he's going to get be the everyday shortstop. All the news coming out is really leaning toward that. He was actually picked in some draft champions last year. He's all the way up to pick 240. I say all the way up to. That's actually not terrible, especially at the deep shortstop. He will probably be your middle or even your util, depending on where you pick him. What do you think of Ezekiel Tovar in Colorado? Is this somebody that you're keen, keen on? Uh, I haven't keyed on him, but I think that's more to, due to my ignorance than anything else. And it's, I mean, you look at him 20 in double A last year, fantastic age to be in double A. Like, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, you're, you've reached a level at a very solid age. 21 is typically like, you know, 21, even 22 is like a sweet spot. But 20 putting up numbers like he did, uh, 153 way to runs created plus 318, 386, 545 slash line. Good walk to strike out. You know, say he keeps striking out 25% of the rate in the MLB. Like, that's doable. Say he's a 250-260 average guy. He had pop. He has speed. The lineup's bad, but uh, I don't think it's crazy to see him move up. It's not a. It's not like they're going to block him for moving up in the lineup. It's just about, are they actually willing to give a young guy playtime for the first time in forever? Yeah. What was the last guy? Ryan McMahon? Probably. Yeah, I think I think that would make sense. Uh, Ryan McMahon's probably the one. You know, Garrett Hampson, the fantasy yeah. community, tried to force that. It didn't work. But at age 23, it looked like they had committed to Ryan McMahon. He's been playing every day since, pretty much. So maybe that is the, the guy. But Tovar is also a very slick fielding defender. You know, unlike yes. Grissom, you got a guy here who can definitely hold the position by defense. Will that be enough to carry him? And you do mention that the lineup's bad because from a talent standpoint, it's not great. But in that park, it makes yes. every lineup halfway decent and so it'll be you know turning over well enough he is slated for ninth right now but Jonathan Daza is the one why can't yeah. Tovar be the one and maybe get some lead off at Coors that could be pretty decent yeah I only mentioned the lineup in terms of him moving up in it no, nothing's really yeah. blocking him from moving up to a first or second Chris Bryant we don't know how healthy is that's a great call. I, I think Tovar if he hits I the last thing I'm worrying about with the Rockies is lineup position because he mm-hmm. can definitely move up to the top top of the order. I, I totally agree there. All right, let's go to one of the biggest rookies out there right now. Corbin Carroll has moved all the way up to pick 70. Justin and I talked about some of the uh, difficulty we had with his projection in that the numbers were so great that even when you're regressing his minor league numbers, it was hard not to come up with an obscene projection and you look at all the projections on fan graphs they're all double double you know 10 plus homers and and uh steals well above that by the way they're teens for both steamers at 20 and 19 now that's the rate with our playing time built in but everything looks like it's all systems go for corbin carroll are you joining the folks on all systems go with a top 70 pick for corbin carroll I am not in draft champions or leagues where I have to set my lineup. I don't know why I feel like he could be streaky. I'm just looking at his strikeout rate at every level. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little high. not uh, 27% last year in the MLB and 115 plate appearances. It's not like the be-all, end-all. And we've seen prospects with high strikeout rates be able to succeed. Obviously, if they have the speed, it doesn't really matter. That kind of negates any streakiness because the, the stolen base is just like fill your roto categories and whatnot. And... The only thing that really jumps out to me beyond beyond that is the uh, uh, WOBA minus XWOBA, which is a 65-point difference. Again, 115 plate appearances, not everything, but not very kind to him in terms of the quality of the contact, saying he got a little lucky last year. Prospect pedigree is there. He's going to hit at the top of the order. Like Unlike Tovar, he's kind of like already penciled in at the top. Yeah. So 
I'd say even if he underperforms in terms of, you know, a quality of his bat, you know, the runs are going to be there. He's going to steal bases. Uh, I don't know how much power there's going to be. I think he's closer to like 15 home runs than 25. And, you know, some people are getting really, because he could be a top 10 pick talent wise, but. I mean, if he the pops sake off, of this year, it yeah, could be insane, of course. Of course. I mean, that's any prospect, though. I, exactly. I'm not saying he's going to be Jared Klenick, but I'm not super high on Carroll in Roto Leagues, whereas he could provide every category. I'd just rather take him in best ball and not deal with the streakiness. I think that's definitely fair, and he also doesn't hit lefties particularly well. Mm-hmm. That That is a big issue with Corbin Carroll that I think um, – it might be being glossed over a bit. I switched the rundown on you a little bit just to move one guy up. His teammate, Jake McCarthy. Let's go ahead and get your thoughts on him as well. He's up to pick 115. Do you prefer McCarthy at the discounted rate, or are you laying off of both Diamondbacks outfielders in a uh, draft champions format, as you said you were with Carroll? See, now, okay, uh, this sounds contradictory. While uh, McCarthy did have a, a differential between his Woba, ex Woba, but uh, I think he's a lot safer, honestly. Just like I, I trust him getting on base and actually stealing a high amount of bases. So like the floor is with a high, high stolen base ceiling. I think he could lead the league in mm-hmm. SBs. Uh, just he had what twenty three and three hundred fifty four plate appearances. That's wild. Uh, another guy who just should play every day because Arizona has no one that's going to block him. I don't really think. Yeah, even if he's like an average bat, he was at one sixteen weighted runs created plus last year. Let's see, he gets down to hundred. Arizona doesn't have anyone better. So steel-wise and price-wise, I prefer McCarthy because he could provide some pop too. So it's not like he's Miles Straw. Yeah, There's thankfully. Something. I know that yeah. there are some concerns about how much power he has, but I do think he's better than Miles Straw power-wise. Keep in mind, though, Al Thomas is lurking. I yes. think that he might be lurking over Lourdes Gurriel's shoulder, though. And I do like Lourdes Gurriel, but he needs to figure out his pop. If he hit, hits another, what do he hit, like four homers last year or some garbage like that? If yeah. he, yeah, five homers in 493 plate appearances. If, if Gurriel Jr. does that again, then I do think Alec Thomas could take his spot. Uh, they did clear, you know, they got rid of our show, but they got Gurriel back. So it didn't really help the outfield long jam. I know Kyle Lewis is there too. I wish him the best, but come on, we cannot. Yeah. We cannot get too confident about how many plate appearances he's going to rack up. So I'm with I'm with you on McCarthy. I really like him. I, I I don't know what to make though. I do think the price is a little high for some, you know, because he was winning people's leagues, right? In the yes. second half there with all those steals. I get why it's up there. Probably leaning toward other guys, but uh, between the two, I think I'd rather pay for him uh, McCarthy than Carroll. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm not sure I'm going to have too much of either. And I know I'm not going to have any of this guy who is Vaughn Grissom's teammate. Michael Harris, the second. He's already picked 27, Kev. I get it, right? Power speed. I'm a sucker yeah. for power speed myself. Always have been. But because I've been so enamored with power speed guys in the past, I feel like I've learned when to heed the warning signs a bit more. And I see a 14% swinging strike rate telling me that that 24% K rate can go higher and only a 5% walk rate to counterbalance it. Batting average was higher than I think it should be at 297. I'm nervous on on 22-year-old Michael Harris. Am I right, or should I be jumping in here? I was with you from the jump. I was very much so anti-Michael Harris that high. I'm like, okay, this is, I don't want to say flash in the pan, but he jumped way too high from like a nobody to somebody. He was, he was, he's been a prospect with some pedigree for the last couple years, but last year is when he took that major jump. Mm -hmm. But I look at him, 2021, 
in high A, 20 years old, his way to runs created plus jumped from there to double A last year to the MLB. It's jumped every single level. So he's nice. played up to level. And he's played he he's played above and beyond. So even if he regresses, which I don't even expect that much uh, relative to uh, other guys who've jumped this high. And, I, I mean, just the speed. The power's legit. I don't think I have any doubts about the power. Yes, the swing strike rate is an issue. His average could, I don't want to say crater, but drop to like the 260 range. But even so, if he's a... A uh, 2020 guy and not a 30-30 guy like he prorates to be in that Atlanta lineup, which I'd expect him to hit at the top of the order at least versus righties. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's gonna have the runs. Uh, if he's hitting second again, he could have the RBI. I'm not against Michael Harris. I'd prefer it if he fell to me rather than reaching for him. But I think that's gonna end up happening because everyone's kind of saying fade Michael Harris, fade Michael Harris. True, he's that a good they're player. Could- there could be a situation where the price comes down yeah. to a more favorable level, and then maybe I change my tune. But as it stands right now, I don't think I'm taking him at the end yeah. of the second round there. If he dips into the mid-third or even like late third, okay. Yeah. Uh, that, then you got me to start looking at least. But as it stands right now, probably not going to have money, Mike. This is another one where I like to root for the player, but that doesn't mean I'm always going to take him in fantasy. Sometimes you got to divorce your heart and your head. I like the player, but my brain says – be a little bit careful with him. Yeah, no, just to just to comp for a second. I mean, we draft uh, the Mullins and the Arose Rain every year. Those are worse hitters than Michael Harris in worse lineups. That's true, and that's fair. I think Harris has at least this year, uh, compared to the other two, more power upside. Uh, yeah, I, I would just prefer to uh, compared to those two I hadn't bought in previous years. I'd be more open to buying the Harris because he's in that similar archetype where five category contributor. But Harris, to a greater degree, just because of the offense season and where he's going to hit. Yeah, and if and if he doesn't have issues the way I'm worried about, then he's going to be hitting number one in a quality lineup, and mm-hmm. that's runs galore. I mean, you're talking triple digits easily for Michael Harris. Yes. So I do get that. There is a way I lose big here. I, I totally grant that, and that's why he's going at 27. Are you a breakfast guy? Big breakfast guy. Big breakfast guy. What about Italian breakfast? Oh, uh, only in best ball. <laughs> Vinny Pasquantino, that's his nickname, Italian Breakfast, um, up to pick 96, fun guy to follow on Twitter, big sports fan even beyond uh, baseball. I really, really root for him, love the bat. You said only in best ball, though. Explain why you're not really taking him in other formats after his scintillating 72-game debut. Um, Yeah, I I have no doubts about Vinny Pasquantino as an everyday Player, great bat, obviously. I, I'm comping him to an early career Freddie Freeman. And that's kind of the issue where I don't see the power really being in the high 20s. I could see low 20s. Teens to low 20s is kind of where I'd have him. Because of him or the good, park. But what's up? Because of him or the park or both. A little bit of both. I just think he's more of a line drive guy than a fly ball guy okay. who gets the ball over. I, I, I feel like he's going to hit the wall a lot. Yeah. Like it's he's gonna smoke the wall, and that's kind of the problem. It's dense in that Wait, sucker. Yeah, if we're not getting the home runs with the lineup, with the park, and just the line drives, it just I'm not super interested in roto formats. He's not gonna steal. I think that's pretty clear. Nobody's really gonna argue that. So he's a no. four category, like three and a half, let's say category guy, and that's good. That's very good. But it's just not something I'm looking to draft. Um, my, you know, not to, I'd rather Jeff Ryan Mountcastle, like 40, 50 picks later. I think they're similar. And I think Mountcastle has more power upside this year and he's in a better lineup too. So better park, better lineup. Let's divert on that. Uh, better park, better lineup, Papa John. Sorry. 
the stupid yeah. quote that they have better no, pizza, no, better ingredients, it. better pizza. Um, power for Mountcastle. You're not worried about that wall. It ate him up last year. Yeah. Can he, I, can he, can he recover those homers? I mean, it's the first year with the adjustment is again, not to get, not to say X Woba minus Woba is everything, but he had one sure. of the largest differentials uh, on the uh, positive regression. On the positive. Side. So his expected was yeah, much his expected better for was Ryan 50 points higher. Okay. Yes. I did so, not know that. And he is just the kind of guy that, I'm mean, not, he's the kind of guy, but the Orioles are a smart organization. It was the first year with those new adjustments to the wall. I think the hitters can now adjust to get the ball over the wall in their second year, getting used to it. The offense, I think. I think it's objective that the Orioles have a better offense than the Royals, right? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I don't think that's anyone's going to argue that. Um, so just park, which even with the walls adjusted is more favorable than the Royal Stadium, which is bottom eight, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Orioles are more average now than top five, which still fine. Uh, yeah, give me Mount Castle. Give me Andrew and you get Vaughn. Discount. And you, yeah. get, you get a fat discount yeah. on that's Mount the Castle biggest thing. in relation. Okay. Okay. I think uh... – I think I think I can at least understand a little bit more love for Mountcastle because I was very worried after what happened last year that uh, I've been kind of fading him, and now I might have to take a second look there. I didn't realize that his metrics were much stronger than what he delivered, and if there is a, an adjustment for him, maybe if he, if he can figure out a tweak to where he's not going right into that new cavern there, and he can mm-hmm. kind of go in the power alley a bit more, maybe he recovers some of those homers. Um, we're going to get to Boston, Baltimore in a minute. Go back to them. Let's go back to Atlanta for one of our only two pitchers here on this list. Got to talk Spencer Strider, right? Yes. I mean, he's pick 31, obviously had an insane season. We know the flaws. He's a smaller guy in frame, um, and he only has two pitches. Those are probably the two big hits against him. Everything else is a resounding positive, though. What are you doing with six-foot Spencer Strider in year two? I mean, injury risk, yes. Being at that height, we just saw Max Meyer, who's one of the smaller prospects, come up and get hurt almost immediately. Mm-hmm. That was you a bummer, by the way. Love if you him. would have told me who's more likely to have the Spencer Strider season from last year, I would have said Max Meyer. Definitely. Obviously, he was a top-five draft pick. He you know, stuff through the roof. Strider, looking at his minor league numbers prior to coming up, I, I mentioned this on my pod with Cross just yesterday, or re- released today, whatever. Um, Strider did not seem like a guy who could do this, and he came out, he did it, the peripherals match. If you want to make a comp in terms of performance, it's Corbin Burns. It's that, you know, guy who had issues with, you know, uh, minor league ERA, might have been a reliever in the majors, Transition to starter and just blew up despite having a few, uh, despite not every game being a start. Yeah. And the next season just blowing up and being that guy. I mean, he had that guy season last year, but yeah, aside from stature, the stuff is undeniable. The the lineup's going to get him wins. The strikeouts are there. I feel, I think it was Eno Saris who put up the numbers, if every pitcher would have, were to pitch just 170 innings this year, Spencer Strider would lead the MLB in strikeouts. So Wow. I think it was Eno. I, I want to say that. I believe but, that. Uh, I mean, 38% rate for Strider, just utterly obscene. Yeah, th- th- that's projecting for this year. So even yeah. if some regression occurs, let's say. Uh, Strider, on a per-start basis, is probably him or Jacob DeGrom the best pitcher in the MLB, or fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have no issue, but my only qualm is the price. 
I, I, yeah, I was gonna, that was my next question. Are you paying that price? Are you are you seeking him out? Maybe not. No, I'm drafting okay. Garrett Cole. I'm. Uh, I I feel like Strider Burns is a good conversation, but I'd still prefer Garrett Cole in that early second. I'd rather pay for him than Strider in the late second, third. But if Strider were to drop, I'm open to him. Best ball, absolutely. I'm absolutely taking Strider. He's going to be in a five-man rotation because the Braves aren't that deep. Um, no. I, I'll take a half season of Strider because I think it's going to be amazing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Str- Strider on a per any basis, like you said, is going to be obscene. Yes. Um, it's just a matter of if you want to pay up there. And if guys like Cole and, and Burns are there and it's, you got your decision of all the pitchers, it is hard to get to Strider. But I don't have him too far down my list. He's just so darn good. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of excitement there. We'll see. I do worry that he's going to push up as we get further in draft season, though, because the typical trend, and we're citing NFBC numbers here, so we're going to focus on that a little bit. The typical trend in NFBC drafts is that pitching rises as the season gets closer, partly due to maybe just seeing them in spring, so the guys that you have maybe uh, health concerns about can be alleviated, and just the fact that uh, there's just always been this thing where people want to secure their ace starters, and I could see Spencer Strider being in like the top 20 picks, and then mm-hmm. that's a that's a huge price to pay. Let's go back to Baltimore. Talk about Gunnar Henderson, who's going at pick 91. Again, Justin and I expressed some concerns about him as far as a top 100 pick. There's a lot of talent here, though. I do not want to pretend that he is not good. We we made a little bit of an error where we we sort of comped him to Von Grissom, only in that he was an overpriced young player. Not that they were supposed to be a one-to-one in any stretch. And so I, I think it kind of bastardized uh, our perception of him and, and maybe led some people astray there. I think he's better than than um, Vaughn Grissom. Absolutely. But does he have the fantasy juice? Is there really speed there? You know, I'm seeing some projections that have him at like 20 steals. I, I know he got 23 last year across double A, triple A, and MLB. Is that what he's going to be doing in the majors though? He only had... 18 steals in his uh, minor league history to that point. I don't know what to make of Gunnar Henderson's fantasy juice, which is the power and the speed specifically. Is he ready for primetime as a top 100 pick in Baltimore? Um, Again, we mentioned the Baltimore Orioles offense. He's part of it. He's part of why the offense should be good this year. I don't know mm-hmm. how good. I'm not going to go crazy and say it's a top five offense, but a top is it fringe top 10? Yeah. I, I think, think so. the talents, talents by all means. I'm big there. on Adley too. Yeah, Adley, they have so many pieces. Gunner's one of them. Speed, I, I think if he cracks 10 stolen bases, that's a win. Okay. So let's say, I, I agree with the projections. They're all like ATC, the bat, uh, steamer. All of them for Gunner Henderson are between like 8 and 10 or so. Yeah. That's fine. Like if you're getting 8 to 10 steals out of a guy with potential third base shortstop eligibility, it. the biggest thing is him getting that shortstop eligibility to me. If you were to get that, I like him over. Uh, I like him over Xander Bogarts, over Wander do not, Franco. Do you not like him better at third though, because of third's uh, depth or, or lack? On, I honestly think there's more uh, shortstop shallower than third. I kind of like really. Him yeah, I I don't know what the whole. I mean, I, I enjoy drafting Austin that. Riley. Um, I'm here for oh, no. Jose Ramirez. It's very deep at the top. The, yes. the, but when I I feel like it hits a cliff. I, personally, at seven for me, some say eight with, with Gunner included. I don't include Gunner, so I go J Ram, Witt, Machado, Devers, Riley, Arenado, Bregman. That top seven, ironclad. But then you take a hit down to Henderson. I do like Max Muncy on a bounce back, but then from there, I mean, I think you're sinking. 
You got Not uh, really. What are you looking at? Your Chapman, Bohm, Miranda's there. There's a ton of third base. And then you go deeper. I like the- Miranda, but where's the power on him? And then Chapman, you get the power, but no average. I think I think it's sketchy. Whereas But at then you short, get Toronto's Toronto's walls coming in. I mean, it, it that could, could be, be massive. Nice. I, I just think third base, it, it's being overrated or, or it's being Oh no, the, it's being the, underrated. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's being underrated. It's being overstated. To, to you. Yes. You're saying yes. that you're saying the lack of depth is being overstated. Yes. I think you go 16 deep at shortstop before you even worry. Carlos Correa is the 16th shortstop off the board. Yeah, uh I I definitely am more wary of the shortstops than I am the third baseman. That's okay. just my stance. Again, we might have to getting shortstop. Uh I'd prefer him over like three or four of the guys ahead of him is all got I'm you. saying. Got you. Okay. So you paying the 91 price on Um that's the, that's the tough part here because I honestly, I kind of hate that range and he's look, um, I'm fine with it. Honestly, I, I like Wilson, but I like him more in points leagues. I like some of these guys, but yeah, you got, here's a handful of the hitters around there. You got Wander Franco, Jose Abreu, Xander Bogarts, Gunnar Henderson, Tim Anderson, Brian Reynolds, and Vinny Pasquantino. Another, another guy we already talked about, obviously. Yeah. So that's an interesting, you're seeing that as a bit of a dead zone for yourself. Yeah, it, it is very rough until the early 100s. Like, that 80 to 90 range is just a dead zone for me. Where I, there are players I like, by all means, but I've, I'm kind of reaching for them is the problem. Mm-hmm. So the ones I like, I'm trying to make sure I get. And Gunner, he's fine. I'm, I'm fine with it, and especially considering that he might get shortstop. And that's the only reason I would draft him. Okay. Um, if I'm doing a little Baltimore stack in best ball, I'm ab- I mean, yeah, I'd absolutely consider Gunner in best ball. I'd draft him at ADP. I'd draft him a little earlier too, but in Roto, um, I'm not gunning for Gunner, but I'm okay. okay. I like it. Some real, uh, some real Gunner love there. I, 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 yeah, I mean, he's good. That. Like, I don't know They're how new- good, but he should be good. Like guaranteed. I mean, he is like number one prospect on, yeah, on I mean, some that's sites why. right now. So that's, that's pretty decent. Uh, Taylor Ward guy. I love mm. pick one twenty four. Said the shoulder was why he had a bad summer. That tracks. That's ex- pretty much exactly when it started. Got healthy, closed strong. We talked about the Angels' offense earlier. You even acknowledged that that could be a really good offense. They got to find health. But what team doesn't, right? What team yeah. can get a bunch of injuries and still be good? Very few, if any. So obviously they need Trout, Otani, Rendon. Really Trout and Otani because they can live without Rendon. Like they they are probably planning their world where it's like if Rendon gets hurt what's new we'll put Urshela in full time and it's not gonna be the end of the world but ward leading off there with trout and otani behind him i feel like there's a ton of run potential with mid-20s homers i'm super big on him but at pick 124 how do you feel about taylor ward this year i love taylor ward uh i'm definitely definitely getting invited back on i'm i'm banking on him being healthy because it didn't seem like his shoulder issue or whatever it was is a long-term thing um I I mean everyone can get hurt. Any player, mm-hmm. every player's had injuries. As long as their injuries aren't significant or cause them to miss significant time. If you could play through it, I assume it's not that bad. And as long as it doesn't get worse. I, yeah, Taylor Ward's a guy I'm targeting. I love his range. Uh it's not really a dead dead zone, but he's the guy that sticks out around pick 120 to 130. Same. Uh definitely looking at him as like a third outfielder, maybe even fourth if I hammered a guy early like a first yeah pick, if, like if a you go big on outfield i would yeah. i would love for him to yeah. be my four he's a super uh, okay super safe i want to say and that you know sounds weird because he doesn't really have a track record but that's just because he was a catcher early on and transitioned to an outfielder and you know the Some talent was there skills. he's a first round pick 
kind of had a he he strayed from the narrow path maybe is the way to put it i don't know mm-hmm. but um no i, yeah, I get what you're saying very good and it's a little, a little bit of a late career breakout there you know mm-hmm. did, had a little flourish in uh 2021 at age 27 and then age 28 last year but i still think he's within his prime i still think we can see that full big excellent year and again leading off behind trout and otani he'd get 100 runs with some decent pop, you're going to get a little chip in steal. He was five for eight on the bases last year. Put him down for another five. Don't get too crazy with it. But the runs, ribbies, or runs, homers, batting average, I think that's where Taylor Ward could definitely excel. And we mentioned uh, Brandon Drury. He's going to hit towards the middle to bottom of the order. Logan O'Hoppy, good hitting catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rangifo, fine. They're, they have, what, Gio Urshela on the bench right now. Yeah. They have options. Stasi can be a good hitting catcher if they want to transition between him and Logan O'Hoppy. Uh, Angels offense, I, not to say it's loaded, but they have some it's, depth. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's very, pretty damn good. It's, it's very good. The offense is very superstars. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that club for sure. Let's end with a pitcher. Let's stay in the AL West, finish up with George Kirby. There's been a lot of debate on Kirby versus Gilbert, right? The two teammates there. Kirby's up to a uh, top 100 pick now, pick 95. There's a ton of talk about him during uh, PitchCon over at PitcherList this past week. Where do you come out on the young buck? They, and do you see them similarly, or do you see a big split between Gilbert and Kirby? Because that's been a debate as well. Some people see them very similarly. Others say, no, these are not just two control guys. They they veer, and they love Kirby. Usually it's love for Kirby and some some uh, pushback on, on Gilbert. I see them pretty close. I understood the, the points people were making about Kirby's fastball being better. But um, as a top 100 pick, I can't say that I'm out because I already have him on two teams. So how do you feel about George Kirby? Uh, this this hurts because I loved Gilbert last year, and he was great for me. Uh, Gilbert was a stud in 2022, um, you know, 3-2 ERA, but the peripherals, not amazing. I expected a little better, but I'll take the results we got. Mm-hmm. And thus, I'm kind of out on Gilbert because that regression might hit this year. And it was later in the season. It was the second half, really, where he looked so hittable, and he he looked like he, he was getting lucky. Honestly, still like the uh, the profile for Gilbert, but I don't know. I I'm straying away from him. Kirby, major target. I've taken him as my SP one in leagues. If I've uh, gone hitter heavy or like hitter closer in the early rounds, Kirby, someone again. I don't want to do what I did with Strider, where I said he's like Burns, but I think Kirby's the closest thing to a next Shane Bieber. Um, Ooh, I like that. That just amazing command. Just, oh my God, stuff that can blow you away. Uh, if you're telling me who's more likely to have the uh, 25% plus K rate, it's going to be Kirby mm-hmm. uh, with a lower walk rate. So, yeah, I- I'm all in on Kirby. I've taken him as much as possible. And, you know, him being as young as he is and not having the same I, quote unquote level or same amount of experience as Gilbert, which is like one and a half seasons or yeah. not even. No, it's, like it, it, it's half not a that, season. Yeah, it's half season difference basically between yeah. the two. Um, okay, so you see the split. You kind of align with the folks that were at PitchCon this past week talking him up. And uh, again, I, I really like Kirby. Already have him on a couple teams. Got him outside the top 100 in the draft champions. I took him. Took him just inside the top 100 for the um, uh, a gladiator that I took George Kirby in. So very excited to see what he can do. They have a great staff there. I mean, Castillo as the headliner, then Kirby, Gilbert, Ray putting taking like pressure off Ray to be great for it to be their fourth. I've never even been a huge Robbie Ray guy, but he only has to be like a good four. That's not bad for Seattle at all. The only problem is if they start losing guys, I don't love their depth beyond that. 
But um, anyway, there's our 10 guys, our 12 total, including the two undrafted, but 10 guys that have moved up quite a few picks this year. And uh, some thoughts from Kev. Really appreciate that. Find you on Twitter at Rotosurgeon, the Operating Room Podcast over on Roto Baller. And are you working on any writing right now? Any articles? Uh, not at the moment, but I might get into some NFL mock drafts for anybody who's okay. interested. Yeah, in big NFL them. guy too. So if you're a two-sport yeah. person, then you definitely got to follow Kev because he's got your football oh, yeah. covered now, uh, especially if you're a diehard. The way I am for baseball where I'm year-round, are you year-round for football? Um, I wouldn't say fantasy-wise I'm year-round, but I do dabble between real NFL and fantasy football. So, uh, you know, got to keep all the whistles tuned and whatnot. But for the most part, I will get into writing for fantasy baseball over at Rotoballer. So definitely check that out in the coming weeks. Right now, it's still kind of I'm, – I'm, I'm getting my feet wet with drafts. I'm doing my pods and whatnot, but – you know, the writing will come late February, early March. So uh, watch out for that. Paul, thank you so much for having me on, by the way. This is always fantastic to chat with you. And, you know, uh, just being on Sleeper in the Bus is a dream of mine. This is fantastic. I appreciate you saying that. You will be back on for sure. We'll get, do it with Justin so the, uh, the three of us can hang out. Thank you so much, Kev. I'll talk to you later. Definitely. You as well. Everybody, talk to you soon. <laughs>